Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are as you prepare for Week Eight of NFL football action here in Studio 66. We're still coming down from a great episode. 100. Welcome to episode number 101 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Like I say, it was a wonderful 100th episode as we moved into triple digits doing this show here in Studio 66. We were joined by our pal A.J. Hawk, the ambassador of film here, the official ambassador on the Dave Damashek football program. He talked about that. He talked about Brady Quinn starting. You know, he's a family member. He's related to Brady Quinn. Quinn will be under center for the Chiefs. We talked to our old pal, not our old pal, the guy who we talk about all the time, Dieter Brock, our new pal. Do I get credit for that ding, by the way? Black tie behind the glass? No, you do not. That was organic. Oh, that's right. That is our standard, that it does have to be an organic reference to Dieter Brock. But so, all right, so we yapped with him. That was a big surprise guest that Black Tie got for us. That was good stuff. We were joined by our two pals from around the league, Mark Sessler and Dan Hanzoos. And uh, Handsome Hank called in from across the pond. He's over in England, uh, his homeland, to watch uh, to watch the whatever. I, we still haven't figured out what the name of that game is. But well, somebody told me the International Series. Is yes, that what they call those that, games? That's what it is, yes. They should fix that. I don't like that very much. But all right, I'll commission yeah, always has, in London. Why is it why is it just in a national series? That's a good point. Else? Yeah, yeah. It true. Should move around. Well, if they do, yeah, maybe they I wonder if they are going to take it to Tokyo or Stockholm or what other international cities can I name? Rome. It's kind of like I'm out. it's kind of like American major sports where they go world champions if you win the NBA. How are you the world champions if you win the NBA, the NHL. How does that make you world champions? Well, that's a, a point we could debate at another time, Black Tie. But, of course, when you're talking about, you know, whether there's a league in, in in pro basketball that would trump or even begin to compete with the NBA, of course I'm not, not. I'm not questioning that. It's just that how are you world champions? It's presumptuous, but it's deserved. If you can win, you introduce it, me so I can get on Black Tie? You're right. All right. You're right. Okay. First of all, let's say hello. Well, not first of all. Obviously, that ship has sailed. Jeez but whatever, Louise. wherever you rank here 
It's Adam Rank from NFL.com, from Fantasy Live, and like this like column, which is uh, which is up today. Be on the lookout for that at NFL.com. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. I think enough time has passed now between me and the opening that I can say, Black Tie, hit my music. Not two episodes in a row. I'm sorry. How oh, dare you? A bold move by Black Tie, but oh. I support it. Why do you want to hear a song about you that uh, that proclaims you as fat and uh, you know That's somebody who, who can't avoid food, who can't That's you know true. has no willpower? Because I have a sense of humor. Oh. I'm not like those guys. Uh, we'll have uh, Rob Riggle on the on the show here today and talk about the ESPYS award. See, those guys, the athletes can't sit there and laugh at themselves, or Ricky Gervais doing the Golden Globes. Those guys, those, those crowds can't sit there and laugh at themselves. I can sit here and laugh at myself because I'm the one who, for the past, you know, three decades has thrown all that food in my face. So I've got mm-hmm. nobody to blame but myself. You earned I, it. It's not the American way. I should be blaming, you know, McDonald's or suing somebody because me being obese is obviously not my fault. You know, that's the way, that's the way we roll here in America. It's always somebody else. <laughs> But you know what? I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna make fun of myself. Well, you mentioned that we uh, you have a you have a sense of humor, and then you also mentioned our big guest. Who is it today? Black tie. That's pretty exciting news from uh, NFL on Fox pregame. Rob Regal. Rob Regal. Regal. That's, that's what the black tie. That's what black tie calls him now. <laughs> Rob Regal. Regal. Okay. How's that wrong? That's Where like, do you get that from? Like How William Regal. Regal. Now listen. Rob. <laughs> He, the only Rob. way that his name has ever been pronounced is Rob. Riggle. 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 So Riggle. where do you come up? But I just, I, I'm fascinated Riggle. to know where you come up with Regal as a pronunciation for his it's name. It's just different accents, Shaq. As you can see, I'm an international guy. <laughs> it's not guy. an accent. It's just wrong. It, I'm an international guy like yourself, so I have I have a different blend of accents that come out every now and then. All right, and so. all the different languages you don't speak. Exactly. All right. Rob Regal slash Riggle will be with us. He's a hardcore Please Chiefs Please call fan. him that. He's a diehard Chiefs fan, apparently. So we'll uh, we'll kibitz with him before we talk to him. And then, oh, and also we talked to Chris Cooley a little while. We talked to him yesterday, Rank, and we'll play that back for you. We did that on NFL Fantasy Live. We'll uh, we'll kibitz with him, and then of course we'll round out the week as we do now each and every week with uh, the aforementioned around the league boys, Hansus and Sessler, with their weekly debate club. They're going to get into. Last night's football game, the Thursday night game, and uh, whatever else is on their brain. So, and we got we got some business to take care of first. Though, let's do like we did a couple weeks ago. Start the clock, black tie. I'm blowing through my picks here. NFL.com, pick them. You can go up against me if you you, you can win a million dollars even with your perfect challenge. But right now we're going to do the pick. Can you win a million dollars doing pick them too? No. You can't win anything. This is just for no, pleasure. It's just for fun. All right. Well, here's what I here's what's for my pleasure is that it will take me forty seconds or less to make these picks, and I assure you, anyone within the sound of my voice, my picks shall be superior to yours. There's a new check to the future up there too, rank at NFL.com. Boy, I'm a shill today. A little but we bit. have a we have a gangbusters new check to the future. We traveled in our DeLorean to the game in London, as a matter of fact, to figure out who's going to win that one. So be on the lookout for that. But let's get through all our picks right now. Are you ready, Black Tie, to hit the music? Buccaneers, Vikings. I'm going Buccaneers right out of the gate. An upset for you. Atlanta, Eagles, Eagles. Goodbye undefeated season for Atlanta. Dolphins, the last undefeated team, the only undefeated team. At the Jets, the Dolphins win it, coming off their bye. Patriots at the Rams are... Both of them in London. It's the Patriots by a whisker. Redskins at Steelers. Steelers survive. But I'm nervous about that one. Seahawks and the Lions. 
Oh, I get bogged down. This is a tough one. Seahawks, Lions, Lions I'm going to go with there. Chargers, Browns. Boy, am I tempted to take the Brownies here. I'm going to take the Brownies here. Panthers at Bears, Bears, Colts, Titans, Titans, Jags, Packers. A.J. Hawk promised that he would uh, keep the score close. It would be compelling television. We'll see if that happens. Either way, the Packers will win there. Raiders, Chiefs, yuck game there, but the Chiefs win that one. No, you know what? I'm changing that one. The Raiders are my pick. Giants at the Cowboys. I say the Cowboys do it. Saints and the Broncos should be about uh, 122 to 119. Broncos will win. 49ers at the Cardinals. Niners, the dominant team in the NFC West. They will show once again as ranks Cardinals continue to fade and fade fast. How long? 120. It wasn't bad. 120. 120. That did not take you one minute. You got hung up seconds. on the Seahawks and I the did. Lions. I went Changing back. Pegs and stuff. It wasn't 120. That was complete speculation, though, right, Black Tie? No, absolute correct time. I had it timed. All right, so we got that done, and there's some other business. We, when we were talking to AJ Hawk, we realized, you know, I know that Rich Eisen has been trying to come up with nicknames for some QBs. For he, he's working on. Christian Ponder and somebody else. I can't remember. Matt Ryan. Oh, and Matt Ryan. Correct. Well, listen, Aaron Rodgers is the best QB in the game. He needs a better nickname than A-Rod. So we're working on that, and so are you, the Czech Republic, and the Rank Amateurs. Hit Rank up on Twitter, at Adam Rank. Hit me up, at Damashek, and uh, drop us a line. We'll make sure that A.J. Hawk gets them, who in turn is going to get them to Aaron Rodgers. And here's one for you, Rank. What do you think of this nickname? Aaron Go, and I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is Irish. It'd be nice if he was. Mm-hmm. Aaron Go Brat. You know, like Aaron Go Brog? That's what the Irish people say. I don't know mm-hmm. what it means. What is that? What's the meaning of that? Do you have any idea? No. Aaron Go Brog. Aaron Go Brat, because they like bratwurst in, in Wisconsin. How hmm. say you? If Green Bay was more of an Irish town, yes. Yeah. They're not, no. You're rejecting that, and yet you expect me to embrace Thunderlips, your offering. That's fine. I don't care whether you embrace it or not. All right. A.J. Well, Hawk seemed to think it was that Aaron Rodgers would embrace it. Well, I mean, look, if he likes it. Well, you know, I, as a matter of fact, I don't know that we do have to get Aaron Rodgers' sign-off on this. We need A.J. Hawk's sign-off, really, right? As long as he makes it work in the locker room, Aaron Rod- uh, The mark of a good nickname is one that the guy doesn't necessarily want to have. You don't get mm-hmm. to pick your own nickname. That's true. true. That's true, yeah. All right, well, listen. So we've got uh, we've got much to discuss here. We'll get more into those nicknames, into some of your tweets you sent us, and some uh, some lo- some correspondence that you had with Black Tie. But right now, let's catch up with the guy. You know him from NFL on Fox, the pregame show. He's now making the picks. Jimmy Kimmel used to do it. Caliendo used to do it. Now it's this guy. Plus, he was the host of the ESPYS this year. Also, he's the man who killed Ben Laden. All right, Rank, here he is. He's uh, the tenured department head uh, for Head and Shoulders of uh, Comedic Skills, also NFL on Fox pregame and uh, host of the ESPYs, and he's the guy who killed Bin Laden. It's Rob Riggle. What's happening, man? <laughs> Not much. How's it going? <laughs> Terrific. That was uh, spellbi- uh, the spellbinding documentary that uh, I think uh, Rank and I both saw on Funny or Die was, uh, was fascinating stuff, how you got Bin Laden. It was. It was. It was fascinating, and uh, I probably shouldn't have... 
you know, told so many people. But what are we going to do? <laughs> What's done is done. It's water under the bridge. And now let's talk about, uh, well, listen, there's a lot of water under the bridge with the Kansas City Chiefs so far. We were very excited, Rank and I were, about the Chiefs' prospects in the AFC West. You're a Chiefs guy. You must be positively uh, depressed right now. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, am I happy? No, I'm not happy right now. But I figure what they're doing is they're waiting to make their move and stand by because they're about to spring the trap. <laughs> is Brady Quinn the trap? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that. Uh, you can just hear the optimism in his voice there. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, guys, so I'm, I'm going to back my team no matter what. Um, and I'll defend them no matter what. So I'm, I'm assuming that they're coming off their bye week and they're ready to spring the trap. So that's what I'm assuming. Want to hear all about uh, how it's going over there at Fox, but real quick, let's talk about the, the Chiefs for a second here. You are, in fact, a diehard. You grew up the whole thing. You were you were with them back in the 80s and uh, beyond? Yes, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Then tell me this, Rob Riggle. What is, something we like to talk about here is, what is, if you're a Chiefs fan, what is, you know, the economy's tough right now. I don't know if you heard. Everybody, you can't just go out and buy 17 jerseys of your favorite Chiefs. If you can only buy one, uh-huh. and, it can, and it can be any Chief in history, who's the best one to own? Uh, it's, it's a tie, in my humble opinion, uh, between the King, Lenny D, mm-hmm, Lenny Dawson, mm-hmm. nice. uh, and Derek Thomas. Ooh, those are two yeah, smart choices. I mean, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going 16 or 58. That's 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 uh, how I'd have to do it. Winning. I like both of those. Whichever one you choose, you come out a winner. And I assume the two worst to own are, uh, are number seven for Castle and uh, whatever number Brady <laughs> Quinn wears out there. <laughs> Not true at all. I, I, I have a number seven jersey, and I wore it proudly. <laughs> and if he gets back in there, I'm going to wear it again. For, but you wore it for Bill Kenny. <laughs> I remember Bill Kenny and, and my, who was Mike Livingston, and there's a couple other guys in there. Yeah, you got it. That's exactly right. Bill Kenny, yeah. if memory serves, wore number nine. Though, oh, right? you're right. I think you're absolutely correct. Number nine. I think you're correct. I think Mike Livingston wore eleven. Uh huh. The Berg. What did he wear? He wore seventeen. He was seventeen. I don't remember what Livingston wore. You had Steve Fuller wear number four. Four. I remember Fuller had four. Do you guys remember Mike Elkins? He was the the yes. Wake Forest quarterback, and he was the backup. He, he, I remember him because my friend, who was a Chiefs fan during the te- Super Tecmo Bowl era, always had to play Mike Elkins. I was always convinced he was the next budding superstar of the league. We have we have Rob Riggle on the phone for a couple minutes, and you're waxing about your all video right, game history. Right. Who cares? Right. No. All right. Quick quiz for you, Chiefs fan, Rob Riggle. Uh-oh. Here we go. If you had to choose for one game, the Chiefs somehow miraculously get into the 2012 playoffs, Matt Castle, Brady Quinn. Who got us there? Good question. Yeah, I guess that answers that question. Scratch that one out. Next, the red pants when they go on the road, when they have the white jerseys on, the red pants or the white pants? Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of dig on the red pants a little bit. Um uh, but I grew up watching the white pants, so when they break out the red pants, it's kind of a special deal. I'm going to say red pants. That's correct. You got that one right. All right, very good. Now we're on a roll. Christian Okoye or Barry Word? Okoye, the, the Nigerian nightmare. Correct. We're really cooking with gas now. Stefan Page or Carlos Carson? Stefan. Hmm. 
All right, I'm going to allow that one. Didn't Absolutely. he? Doesn't he have the all-time record for receive? Or he, it was broken by Flipper Anderson, I think, at one point. But Stephon right. Page had the single-game record for uh, receiving yards. KC Barbecue, Carolina Barbecue. Oh please, that's not even a question. Kansas City Barbecue. Kansas City Barbecue's got that good molasses base. Mm-hmm. North Carolina's got that vinegar base. What is that? Vinegar base? Who bases anything? It's over. <laughs> slam dunk. That's a slam dunk. City I like it. Who bases anything on vinegar yes. is a good question. Yeah, good that point. might be the name of – that should be maybe the name of your autobiography, Rob Riggle. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not just – that was a softball for you, but uh, I'm not just saying this to curry favor with you. Kansas City barbecue all day, right? I of mean, there's, there's not even – the dry – you know what they do in Carolina? They're big on the dry rub. Who cares? Give me the yeah. good – Give me the molasses sauce, like Riggle I mean, says. Hey, they do the dry rub. They do it well. Congratulations. But, you know, you want to get your feedback on, you go to KC. <laughs> yes. Yes and yes. And lastly, Troy Palomalu's hair. Now, you have to have one of these hairdos for one year. <laughs> Ro- Troy Palomalu's hairdo or Brett Kiesel's beard? That's tough because they both have their advantages. Mm-hmm. Troy's hair would look pretty good in the club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Kiesel's beard keeps... Uh, Keeps everybody guessing. I'm going to go with the beard, guys. That's a tough choice. That's a tough call, and I think you're correct on that one. So great job. You did a great job well, on what our if, quiz. What if you want to get your feedback on, like he said? It seems like it'd be a little bit of a hindrance. No. I mean, I, I would, yeah, of course, you're going to have food in your beard, and probably lots of it, but there's a certain Viking quality to that that, I don't know, I think the chicks dig. Yeah, the beer coming down. And by the way, when you bend over, when you bend over your plate to eat your barbecue, your hair's going to get all in the sauce. That's disgusting, Rank. That's, that's, <laughs> that's much like the Vikings did, and I dig it. Yes, yes. <laughs> good for you. All right, so tell us uh, quickly, what's going on with, uh, what are you doing with head and shoulders? You have a nice uh, a nice looking head of hair, if you don't mind me saying so. It's unspectacular. Well, you. You're washing thank your hair, though. Thank you. Yeah, no, uh, you know, uh, Troy Palomalo, uh, Brett Kiesel, and myself, we've teamed up with... Uh, Head and shoulders, uh, you know, Brett's got the beard, Troy's got the hair, and I've got the chest hair and eyebrows. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so anyway, we, we've made, you know, there's uh, if you go to deeplikeTroy.org, you'll be able to see all these videos that we made, uh, you know, just fun stuff. It's, they've kind of modeled this school, the Troy Palomalo School of Deeper Learning, um, and it talks about obviously about head and shoulders, but we have a lot of fun talking about it. So, And I actually felt good about getting involved with this one. Because there's a, a lot of product integrity going on here. Um, uh, that is, I've been using Head and Shoulders for most of my life. So actually, when they when they came and asked if I wanted to get involved, I was like, absolutely, I use them all the time. I love them. So it was an easy fit. I like it, and uh, I would only suggest that maybe for next year you get Joe Flacco involved. He can be the master of the eyebrows, and that would be he's got the, or eyebrow. He's only got that one that goes all the way across Perfect. his forehead. Yeah, we'll sign him up. And uh, last question for you is, uh, what's going on with uh, with the boys over at uh, the pregame show on Fox? Been enjoying your work so far oh, this yeah, season. We've been having a good time over there. You know, uh, those guys, I've, I've been watching them for years. Uh, so when they asked me to, to come on board this year, I was honored, to say the least, and thrilled. Uh, and then, you know, we've been having a blast. And I, I've been over to the studio, met the guys. They're all unbelievably cool. Uh, we, have a, we have a lot of fun. I think we have a really good rapport. And, you know, we give each other a hard time, but it's all done out of, uh, you know, fun and love and respect. So it's it's all good. We're having a really good time. Yeah, well, well, they, they look like they're always having a good time. The Fox show looks like a lot of fun. I really enjoyed your monologue at the ESPYs. And I got, was that tough oh, for right. you? 
I was it tough for you because it seems like when you're doing something like that, a lot of those guys don't have a sense of humor, don't want to get get made fun of. Was it tough for you? No, I mean it was. It's a tough. It's a tough room in general, just because most athletes' default mode is straight faced, you know, frown, fold their arms, <laughs> make a grunt sound. Um, Sounds but, like uh, you but, just described Howie Long. We got him going. We got him going, and we had a lot of fun. So uh, I, I had a blast, actually. So it was a good time. Um, I have uh, I have heard uh, from uh, Jimmy Kimmel that uh, Howie Long. I mean, if you've been watching for a long time, you may have uh, you may have picked up on that vibe. Howie Long did not was not a Jimmy Kimmel fan when uh, Kimmel was was doing your gig. Uh, what was that? I guess about ten twelve years ago. Now, yeah. any run ins with Howie so far? Howie has been the nicest guy. I'm not kidding. He is he is so nice. He uh, like right when I got the job, he was the first one to send me a text saying, "Hey, welcome aboard. We're so glad that you know you're going to be part of this team." And I, I mean, he's been nothing but nice to me. So I I'm good. <laughs> I feel that once you do Broken Arrow, you have to have a sense of humor about everything. <laughs> I actually like that movie. I thought Travolta and he and uh, who else? Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Yeah, that was a good movie. If you're yeah, if you're going to see one movie about a stealth bomber that's you know commandeered by a group of terrorists, I would say Broken Arrow is the one to watch. <laughs> you're right. That, that's exactly right. It's a conversation for another day, but uh, <laughs> but you know what's weird about that movie? Whenever Broken Arrow's on, I always watch it and I think, who is the lead female in that? Who is the lead actress in that movie? She's never been in anything else. Oh, right? that's right. Well, she's been on, she's been on TV. She's been in TV and film, and and now I'm of course right now I'm drawing a blank on her name, but. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's an interesting choice, though. So, uh, Slater's love interest. All right, Riggle, like I say, it's a conversation for another day. In the meantime, you've been a delight with us today and a delight on uh, the NFL on Fox pregame show. Make sure everybody, within the sound of my voice, make sure you check him out uh, every Sunday morning. And uh, Rob Riggle, hope to cross paths with you somewhere down the line, fellow. Absolutely. Me too. Take care, guys. All right, Thank be well. You. Good luck to your Chiefs this weekend. Thank you. Dave, Dave, nice fella there, Rank. And I like I, him. I think that we should launch this. You know, now that we're into 101, and now what we did through, you know, one through 100 was we named the player who wore the uniform number, who wore that uniform number that associated with the episode number. Mm-hmm. You think after saying that a hundred times, I would have a more articulate, refined. You would hope. Um, statement of that but i I never got it quite right so we're turning the page and now for another what 28 or 30 or so episodes we'll name the jersey that a fan of uh, of all the teams we haven't covered yet should get i think casey's a good one we'll do that later in the show okay well Uh, ryan beasley wrote in he had a pretty nice idea uh for the episode number now we've often talked about the worst person to have worn number one or whatever right he suggested the worst or the most hated. Ooh, maybe that's the wrinkle. The most hated guy to wear number one. The most hated slash. Well, I mean, I think we just combine that. So it's not just the worst player, but also, mm-hmm. yes, if you're infamous for mm-hmm. wearing it, notorious for wearing that number. All right, right. Let's do it. And we're starting from one all the way up? I would say so, yes. All right. Who wore number one? Billy Martin. Well, that's a pretty good one, yeah. The late uh, 
great or grading Billy Martin. Yeah, uh, George Steinbrenner, the late great, found him to be both over the course of their uh, their time together. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton is emerging now in in Charlotte. I don't yes. think people. I don't know. You would say he's hated, but he's a guy who's definitely getting attention for the wrong reasons this year, and not just because he wore that awful sweater the other day. No, last week. So, all right, we'll do it. What do you say, Billy Martin? Billy Martin. It's a good a good way to start it off. What do you say here, Black Tie? If you guys were on Twitter as much, I know Shecky not on as much, but you guys would know Chris Bosh. As a member of the Heat, he's one of the most critical players, and he's a number one. I'm he's one? Team. He's where's yeah. number one? Yep. With Are you team. sure about that? Chris Bosh wears one. Yes. The Miami Heat, he does. Who is there, by the way, absolutely uh, unrelated. Well, not unrelated. You just said Chris Bosh's name with the NBA season about to uh, to tip off here. I almost said kick off, but tip off here. What is the Miami Heat? Why are more people picking the Heat to win the title than the Lakers? Because to me, as I declared a few weeks back, it finally registered for me. If Dwight Howard's ready to go, then that's the team that's going to win the title, period. Why, who, who, what is it that the Heat have that would be able to combat, combat the interior that the Lakers are going to put out there? Well, there's a perception that, uh, once again, Dwight has to be healthy, first of all. And second of all, it's how are they going to play with Mike Brown as a coach? And then with Kobe, is he fully going to let Nash run the show? I mean, if those two questions are answered, then maybe. But we'll have to wait and see. Well, so what? What, what did the Heat add on the interior? Anything? Not at all. But what they what they done now? I don't know. Last year it was the Spoelstra, and uh, he adopted the uh, the uh, Oregon offense. The you know fast paced, just no huddle offense that Oregon football runs. And then this year, it's like positionless basketball. So apparently, like, LeBron has no position. He's anything from a 5 to a 1. And, you know, they can roll out there with Wade, LeBron, Ray Allen, Rashad Lewis. And how are you going to defend those guys if they're all playing? I did play? hear tale of that, that what he's doing, Spolster is doing, is he's making them, and not as some gimmick, but, I mean, in fact, running them through full practices – Doing, you know, playing positions that are foreign to them. That is, with those kind of athletes that they have, that that is an interesting philosophy. At least they should roll through. If Derrick Rose isn't ninety five percent, who's going to challenge them in the East this year? It's a good point. What do you think, Rank? No, the Miami, the Miami, the Heat are rolling on to the. It's NBA the same thing. Finals, it's the yeah. same nonsensical <laughs> name. True. Heat makes no more sense as a team name than just calling yourself the Miamis. No, they I'm got calling it. them that from now on, the Miamis. Yeah, the Miamis. <laughs> yeah, they're rolling through. They're be Boston's not very good. Boston's no. done. I mean, who's good? Philly should be good with. Uh, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, well, I mean, they're not. They're not going to challenge for a title or anything. But no, you, you know. got like three teams to watch in the NBA: it's the Lakers, the Heat, and the Thunder. Well, the thing, and I'll say, and then we'll move on from uh, NBA talk. And we should, we we need to do a proper NBA preview show. We should get Matt Money Smith. There's no better voice on NBA basketball than his. So we should really yap with our colleague from NFL Fantasy Live. Book it there, Black Tie. Let's do that. We got to get one of those in here. But um, I do, I, you know, like I said before, the caveat with the Oklahoma City Thunder is they didn't really do much of anything, but there is upside. For all those guys, there's nobody. There's nobody. You know, the Lakers. Those guys aren't getting better individually. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no no player who who hasn't hit his ceiling yet. Maybe not Dwight Howard, but with the back stuff, you know, he's. Let's assume that we've seen him at his at his peak, and hopefully for Lakers fans, he'll maintain that. But with the Thunder, 
all three of their big guys, their big three guys, have the potential to be better than what they were last season, and they were pretty good last year. They almost won the title. Mm-hmm. So if you accept that premise, can you see the Thunder beating the Lakers? I don't see it, but I see that they. I see what you're saying. They're going to be better. But the Lakers were so close to them last year that series, even though it was five four to one. Closer than a lot of – all those games were close. So the Lakers were there with an inferior team. Now you go out and add guys like Steve Nash, Dwight Howard. You've made that team a lot better, probably better than you will get as far as the upside of the Thunder. How much of the World Series are you watching, Rank? A lot of it. You are? I'm going to tell you that. You know what? Can I tell you what the best thing is? I want to, I want to tell you and Black Tie and everyone within the sound of my voice something. There is a storm gathering, but a good storm. So I don't know what the – the positive version mm-hmm. of there's a, a gathering storm on the horizon. It's this college football playoff that we have next year. It's going to be the greatest event in sport. What's going to be better than four teams, four teams. Those eight days are going to be spellbinding. You'll go. So one Saturday, I don't know what days are playing. I assume Saturdays they'll play those two. The, there'll be two matchups of Juggernaut teams, one and four, two and three. The survivors will play the following weekend. What is going to be more captivating than that? Answer, nothing. What are they going to do? Are they going to play that on Saturday? Because wouldn't that go up against the NFL playoffs? Hmm. In January? Yeah, yeah I guess it would. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, they'll definitely move those games. Not, well, you know what? It's I, That's old school thinking on my part to think that, oh, they'll play it at noon. You know, in the No, of course, they'll play in prime time. So of course. they'll figure it probably, yeah, Monday nights or Tuesday nights. They do that cockamamie scheduling of the bowl games. I'd like to see it on the Saturdays. I agree. Yeah, it would be better if it were played Saturday night. But, yeah, may, it'll be interesting to see. I bet you they'll push it to Monday night. They'll do one on Saturday night, like the last week of NFL football regular season, and then the following week I bet it'll be like a Monday or something. Would it be Would it be too long to push that one so that Saturday, so the championship game falls right in between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl? Is yeah. that getting too greedy? It would be crazy because those because the kids would shut it down for three or four weeks like they traditionally do. Then they'd have that game. Then they'd shut it down for another three weeks or four weeks and then mm-hmm. play. That would be too much. You can't do it. But it, that eight to ten days, whatever it's going to be, there's just it's going to be wonderful. I can't wait for it. Just do it on Saturday. Just have the NFL move it around. All right, whatever day they play it. It's a, that's not the point. The point is it's going to be great. Argue against it. What you can't. It's going to be the best thing there is. <laughs> this is the way I, I understand. We need our playoffs to include as many teams as possible to keep as many fans as possible engaged. But if you're a purist, if you want to see who the best team is in a sport, this is the best system. The fewest teams possible. I wish the NFL would go to that. The New York Giants won the Super Bowl last year. I'm happy they did because it meant the New England Patriots didn't win it. But for the most part, is it good for these six-seed teams to win Super Bowls as regularly as they're doing? What is it? It, it, it? To me, it invalidates the regular season. You're playing 16 full games to earn a spot. It should, I I wish it would go back to only there would be four teams, maybe five. It's too many playoff teams. And in every sport, baseball is the worst one of them all. All right. I wish they would just move just move the conferences to 16. Add four more, figure out what it is and then take those four mega conferences, SEC, Pac-12, 
Big Twelve and I guess ACC or Big e, I, Big East is kind yeah, of I felt like disappearing. But I think that was ACC. about to happen with, except then Texas blew it all up. I it, I feel like the pieces were moving around a year right. ago when Pete when all the teams were jumping ship and everybody's moving. If Texas would have made the commitment and gone to the Pac twelve, it would have set up perfectly. But the but. Their refusal to leave ultimately to get out of the Big 12 kept the Big 12 being relevant because right. otherwise Oklahoma would have gone somewhere and then you would have the makeup for the for the four for the four mega conferences in in some sense of uh, with, with with some sense of regionality defined by yeah because if you have the Pac 12 well no because right. you have the Pac 12 and then you have the Midwest with the Big 12 SEC takes care of that and then you have like an upper Upper East region, although there's not a lot of great teams. I mean, New well, York, Big New Ten, England doesn't. Yeah. You go Big, Big Ten. Ten. Oh gosh, Southeast, the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, then you, you know, yeah, it would. Yeah, we we could make that work. Um, all right, so right now, like I say, Rankin, I mentioned earlier in the show, Rankin, I talked with Chris Cooley. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a shout out to give out, guys. I can't no, go we to Chris Cooley gotta, now. No, we got to no. keep moving. Can I give? A we quick got shout no out? tight forty five. We got to keep this ship moving. I don't think we have time I, I, for this. I like black tie shout-outs. They, 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 there's absolutely no value in them. He shouts out the people uh, that, that he doesn't even know. I love it. Go actually, ahead, yesterday, tie. no, in episode 100, we asked people to say, hey, what do you like about it? Almost too uh, overwhelmingly, it was no more shout-outs. That was the one thing. <laughs> no, I want to hear we'll shout-outs. Then I want to <laughs> hear these tweets, and then we'll hear Chris Cooley. Now you've now you've uh, wet my appetite. Go, Most Black Tide. Most of tie. my shout-outs are personal. They're dear to the heart. Like, they're not personal. They're Most the people who you don't even know. Most of them. They, they, None uh, of them are. Most of them are, though. But Too much time. Let's move along. To, uh, on-star um, customer service representative. <laughs> so, no, seriousness. No, because... As you, I've heard the commercials. Ago, you know, a couple of months ago, you know, I had a little misfortune on the road, got a little accident, got uh, got T-boned, and they're on they're on the spot. Those guys, their whole job is pretty much being on the spot, on time, responding to people who have been in accidents. It's tough. You're like the like, you're like the first person to hear the bad news, and you have to be on your game, and you have to do it sounding calm, and you know, not flipping out. Because I was flipping out when this accident happened, and they're all calm and collected, and they get the job done. So shout out to them. Because it's key, it's it's key, and they save people sometimes. They do. So I, you know, I like that one. They they do from the commercials that I've heard on the radio. They do no, seem like it's you know, point. It they seem it's, like nine one one operator kind of like level. Like, what's the problem? All right, we're sending right. somebody right now. Although I would like them to talk with a little more urgency. What's the problem? Yeah. I what can I do? That, they that almost. True. That's that almost true. disinterested. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's the oh, problem? Oh, yeah. My baby's locked in the cart. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, well, somebody we'll be take care of that. Yeah. yeah somebody be along shortly. <laughs> it's kind of like they they come off like black tie when he's talking from behind the glass, where he's kind of disinterested. You could tell his his mind's distracted yeah, we, and on something yeah, we, else. What? Here's a great idea. Why don't we do this, black tie? Yeah. I mean, we can yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah we'll do see. that. Let's get around to doing that. All right. Now let's get the coolie. All right. But no, no, no. Black tie. I mean, uh, Rank says he has some uh, some interesting tweets. He tweeted people the other day during 100 to say, what should we do with the next 100 episodes? Rank, you have we any did, highlights? Yeah, we did hear from a lot of our favorites. Uh, Neil Dutton, of a big fan sure, of the show. Sarah sure. Peters. From across the pond. Yeah. Yep, Sarah Peters was, was writing in. We've got uh, Brett Rowe, who, what he would like to see for the next uh, 100 episodes. Uh, way less black tie. Uh, in fact, zero. <laughs> Who else? Are we Gene Malone. 
uh, Mulone, because he spells it with a U, so I don't know if it's – he's a big fan. Ten more minutes. That's all he asks. Ten more minutes. Yeah, black tie. Ten more minutes. Although Vito had uh, – or no, no, I'm sorry. It's Andre oh, – excuse me, Andy Ayers at a tight one hour and 45. Mmm. That yeah. wouldn't be so bad. That would be nice. I'd no. like that. I would like that. The only person who doesn't like it is Black Tie because it means more. What we should have done with the hundredth show is gone for a hundred minutes. Yes. That would have been nice. We should have done that. You know, maybe we should do that with one hundred and two or an upcoming episode. One hundred and two minutes. Don't shake your head, Black Tie. That's a good That's idea. What we should do. All right, go ahead. Any more? Uh, Sarah Peters, uh, who I mentioned off the top, Adam's name and face on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I don't know which would come first, but uh, that's the, the again, that's the opposite of Sophie's choice. No, you know, <laughs> I don't I, I don't want to I don't want either one. <laughs> Your face on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think she's. we should put a picture up of the gang. We should put a we should put a picture up of of rank and black tie. And we should show everybody what the around the league boys look like and handsome. Well, the, the faces are on the uh, website. You know, if you go to around, if you oh, read, right. a, if you read a Dan Hansis story, let's do like a band picture though. Black tie. Let's see if we can get that uh, scheduled for all the regulars. You know, we get everybody in the, our extended family here. All right. And black tie. Let's allow, let's do it. Let's go to the newest, Washington Redskin, a guy who happened to be with the Washington Redskins for, I think, eight seasons prior. Like I say, Rank and I caught up with him yesterday on NFL Fantasy Live. Here's how that sounded. Look who it is. It's the Redskins' newest tight end, Chris Cooley. What's happening, man? I'm back at work. And I'm back with you guys. So thanks for having me on. (laughs) Dressed for success, I see. (laughs) And also in shape for success. I thought I'd seen it all in Rocky II when Balboa chases the chicken. Let's take a look at some video of how you've been staying in shape. Oh, I'm sure this will be good. (laughs) It's the pottery. It's the pottery. Look at the form there. Look at him throw a pot. (laughs) Terrific stuff there. Yeah, I mean, no wonder. Thanks. Thanks. Guys, for the support, that's nice. People are going to think that I'm ready to play, and they're, they're going to know that I've been working out. Well, we know you've been around football because you clearly got into the Carolina Panthers locker room and swiped Cam Newton's sweater. Yes or no? Don't you think there's a similarity with the one he had on the other night? He wore more of a brown sweater. Let's see. There uh, you this go. Is, this is gray. Take really, a look. He wore, I mean, huge I think argument. It's, yeah, I, I feel like you rated his wardrobe. You've got some white strings, but I don't see much of a difference there. Listen, I feel good putting on jeans and a sweater now that I'm playing football again. I was doing some NBC stuff and had to wear a suit and tie. Ugh. No, Ugh. no you don't want that. I hate that. a suit and tie. No. This I can wear my coldest you. beer in town hat. <laughs> well, Cooley, let me uh, let me tell you this, just so that there's no embarrassment in the Redskins locker room. There have been some changes since you were last there. Rex Grossman isn't there. There's a new kid playing QB. His name's Robert Griffin III, in case you weren't aware. I'm pretty used to quarterback changes here. I've played for quite a few of them. But I think this, one's, this one is very, very special. And I'm excited to just put myself in as a piece of something special happening on, on offense in D.C., I've been watching it on TV, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. He's electric. This offense has been electric. Uh, the way they've scored points is something that I haven't seen since I've been here. It's like Joe Gibbs, 80s style. Ooh. Yeah, very electric. Now, watching him at home, is this a, were you watching him and thinking, you know what, i got to get back, i got to play with this guy? I was hoping for the opportunity. I didn't know if it would come. I, it's funny because I kind of wanted a starting job somewhere. I wanted to go somewhere where I could play. And 
I didn't, re- I didn't really know what to do, I, if I wanted to go to some other team or not. Fortunately for me, the first starting job that came up, or the first job, I guess, I'm not saying I'm starting, was in D.C., where I wanted to be. So it worked out. And uh, did you have Robert Griffin III on your fantasy team? I know you're a big fantasy player. I, it was a huge regret that I don't, I don't have a fantasy team this year. It's my first year in a very long time. And I'm a huge fan of drafting my friends and teammates. I would be probably leading whatever league I was in right now. Well, you got a chance for a sneak peek at Robert Griffin III back during the summer and then the spring. Did you feel that he was going to be this good? I felt like he was going to step in and have no problems at a starter. I think you look at rookie quarterbacks and say there's going to be a transition phase. I didn't think there would be one for him. But I don't think anyone really saw the turn our offense would take as he stepped in and started playing. I don't even know if our staff saw saw how good he was going to be. But when you talk to Mike Shanahan, when you talk to Kyle Shanahan, they're in awe of what he's done, but what they know that he can do in the future. And I think that's a lot of high praise when you're hearing it from your own staff. Well, probably they don't tell him, but they they can tell guys (laughs) like me how good they think he is. And, And they really do. Everyone really believes that he has what it takes. And it's been a lot of fun to watch him. Well, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up. You're heading to the banks of the Three Rivers for that one. How much should the Steelers be preparing for Chris Cooley out on the field? I think that's a good question that Chris Cooley doesn't even know. I third, I third person myself. That's so dumb. <laughs> no, no, no. That's I don't, cool. I don't even know. I don't even know how much I'll play this week. I think it'll depend on one how practice goes for me, how I fit myself in, because there's been a lot of changes since I was in training camp, and then two. Um, what kind of sets we're in, what kind of personnel we're in as we go through the game. You know, if we're, we end up being in more two or three tight ends, I don't know if that'll work out. Uh, it's early in the week. I'm just really, especially coming back after not being around for seven weeks, I'm just really hoping to be any part of this offense and help the guys out. Well, not even for seven weeks. How different is this playbook now when you have a quarterback like RG3? Well, the verbiage, fortunately for me, is a lot the same, and a lot of the concepts are the same. But the changes that they've made based on what he can do has changed a ton. And I have some homework tonight. I, I took about 14 pages of notes today. I said my finger right, right, right in here was <laughs> sore from my pen today. So Hopefully you won't be on the injury only, report. Yeah, out of shape mostly uh, in not writing any notes. But cool. probably not an injury report. Listen, thing. you're a swell fella. I wish you all the best. I hope you have 10 catches and a touchdown. But my sister Amy's going to be at the game. Just don't win it. You know, she's going to root for the Steelers. You're too nice a guy to disappoint her, right? This is a big week for us. We need to win. I think we're going to try to win. So Amy, she may be happy, but I'm really going to try to disappoint her. I think everyone here is. I appreciate the honesty, Chris Cooley. All right, best wishes and congratulations on the return to the Skins, man. Thanks a lot, guys. David, David, I got to tell you, I don't like it, but I respect it, that he took a hard line against Sister Amy. He does, a little he, bit. He's not willing. Amy yeah, and my brother-in-law, Mark, and I don't know who else, are going to be seated in the stands in Heinz Field, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's a, he's a, he's a professional. I like that. Uh, I mean, I wish he were a better friend to yeah. me, who he's talked to for a grand total of, you know, seven or eight minutes in his in his lifetime, I did, in fact, talk to him on one of, uh, you know, Talking Ball. Did a Talking Ball. Talking Ball segment with him. So you would think my deep and abiding friendship would be enough for him to be willing to throw the game. But no, apparently not. Mm-hmm. All right. So what a black tie. One last thing. 
you promised, you said, if people put on iTunes their comments, mm-hmm. you would read some on the air. Do that now. I want you to do that. This is something you want. And, yes, it's important. You need to subscribe to the podcast. You need to make your comments and rate it. I'm not sure why, but I know it's important. People tell me that all the time. Oh, you got to get this. Go on iTunes and get people to subscribe. So do it. And in the meantime, Black Tie will read some of the comments that he liked the best. Go ahead, Black Tie. Take all it away. Right. Now, this is from Prime. He goes, the Prime. podcast is a must listen for me. Mm-hmm. Immediately jumps to number one on my playlist as soon as another episode appears. Mm-hmm. I've even come to lo- enjoy Black Tie shoutouts. If ah. you're a football fan, then this is the football podcast for you. I love it all, and I, you know, I go along with Prime. I don't care what rank says. I'm with Prime. I like your shoutouts. They make no, no I, sense. They have absolutely I, I no saying, merit. I just I like hearing the, them. I said what the fans said. Is that the one you're going to read this week there, Black Tie? You have another one you'd like to no, share? No, that's all I got for this week. I don't believe it. I got. I have not honestly looked, but i got to believe there's some uh, some more incendiary ones. No? No, that's another podcast. There's another comment calling this the best football podcast there is. Yeah, I'm we just, shouldn't read that. Wouldn't, why would you, why that would you announce that? Why he, don't wants, you, he wants the one or the one person who likes that. the shout-outs. Do the, why don't you be the, do the devil's advocate why it's not the best football show? Why don't you illuminate for everybody where they're wrong about that? That's what you should do. You should go in, <laughs> into there and make your comments about, like, eh, Damashek is an ass. Uh, you know, I don't know. Who cares what he thinks? All right. Uh, last thing, Rank. So we're going to do – so we did we, we did number one, and we say he's the most annoying. But I but let's just pay off what Rob Riggle or Rob Riggle started Rob Riegel. At, the, at the start of the show here. Let's, uh, let's pay off. What do you think is – if you're – again, the economy is tough right now. You can't just own every Kansas City Chiefs jersey that you that, of a player you like. If you're a Chiefs fan, you presumably like a lot of those guys. You can only have one from history. Regal said Lenny Dawson, 16, or Derek Thomas's 58. Both are great, but can you throw out another one that would be good? I don't know that you can top that, but would Joe Montana's 19 be incendiary? I don't know. That's a how, good how, question. How should Chiefs fans embrace the Joe Montana I don't era? think so. You I, can't have a Marcus Allen jersey I either? Think, why not? No, I like Marcus Allen. He likes the Chiefs over the Raiders. He mm-hmm. blatantly roots for the Chiefs to beat the Raiders. So I like that, and, and because it does have that dual purpose, in fact. It is kind of a middle finger to to the Raiders, you know, yeah. that Marcus Allen prefers You're that. Right. Joe Montana, though, he made his, you know, he, you know, his, he got his skins playing in, uh, on the West Coast. This was just a, uh, a little exclamation point. And actually, matter of fact, it was just more like a period because he didn't win anything. He went to the playoffs, did well. What about Christian Okoye? 35. I, I know like that's it. a little obvious, it I guess. It makes you but... seem like a gamer. What does that mean, a gamer? You're, you're a Tecmo Bowl player, and you think it's cool to run yeah, around. Yeah, well, you're a Tecmo or... Bowl player. You would think true. you would love that idea. I do, but as a, if I was a fan of the team, I don't know that I would want to be associated that way. I would rather be like, no, 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 I'm a huge fan. I do like, now that you explained the Marcus Allen angle, I think that's the way to go. I like that a lot, too. I think, you know, when they were winning Super Bowls, the problem is that it's a little bit phony to wear jerseys of guys who you never saw play because they predate you, but the best years of the Chiefs were the late 60s and early 70s. They were quite a dominant team, and then they sort of got left in the dust as the 70s rolled on. But, I mean, those were some, you know, that dominant. Well, what about 
What about Fred the Hammer Williams? I'm saying though that that's yeah, a lot of those defensive players. Bob Lanier is cool. Buchanan. I mean, you got there are a lot of. What if you put names. his character name from Dusk Till Dawn on the back of the jersey? Mm, I like that. So while I don't know if I like it, but I'm intrigued by it. I'll tell you that. Yes. I, I do know that I like that. Um, I yeah. I, listen, I th- I think the bottom line is Derek Thomas is a is. Probably the coolest. Hard to beat. How about uh, how about Nick Lowry? How about Jan Stenerud? Mm. Jan Stenerud. What Lowry. about a Stenerud? Lowry would be a little bit better. Uh, um, I just thought of one more good one, though, that I want to throw out. Oh, to show, who was the guy? Was it Lynn Dawson? Not Len Dawson, but Lynn Dawson, the kicker, mm-hmm. who missed the... Three kicks against the Colts in 1995. Was that Lynn Elliott? Lynn Elliott. The former Cowboys kicker. Yeah, Lynn Dawson was the tight end for the New England Patriots. Lynn Elliott, you're right. He missed, I believe, three kicks in a very low-scoring affair. What was it, 9-6 or something like that yes. against the Colts in KC when uh, when they were the best team that year in 95. But the Colts win, and that meant the title game was played in Pittsburgh, not in DC, uh, not in. Uh, KC and Pittsburgh, of course, won that game, and then they lost to the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. But I think, in a way, you win, the, you wear the the Elliott jersey. This says to me, I'm through. I'm with this team through thick and thin. Hmm. You know, this is the worst moment in our franchise's history, and I'm wearing his jersey. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why? Because we're not. Because we're not crass. Dark-minded Philadelphia or New York fans, you know, from the from the bitter Northeast. No, we're from a different place, the heartland. You see, interesting. Uh, I wouldn't do it. I'm not doing it either. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm spitballing. All right, that's enough. I think that's enough show for us. Black tie. Do you agree? I do agree. Oh, it was too much for him about twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Um, when you right. said hi and hello. Black Tie was already given this. Let's wrap this up, guys. I, I, do, I did have something else to throw out, but I'm oh, scared ahead. you guys might take that into another 10, 15 yeah, how, how dare we continue to entertain so, people? <laughs> but I, what I do want to throw out is, like, you know, watching the games every Sunday, the things that jump out to me. I have these epiphanies. Uh-huh. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that jumped out <laughs> to me this week watching the Redskins game is how much pistol the Redskins run. And obviously it's because of LG three skill set. Do you guys see that as gimmicky, or do you guys see that as the like the future? Like that, that's how you should play with him, or is it just hey, because you're just masking his floors, so to speak? Well, I think that in the short term, the idea that he's ill suited to be a quarterback in the NFL because he got bonked on the head once or twice. I mean, you have to play to to his strength, which is one of his many strengths is uh, is the legs. I mean, you know, the the idea there there are too many facile comparisons to Mike Vick and to Cam Newton and of course he's a distinctive player from those guys right out of the gate. He's a sharp guy. We've gone over why, you know, we've been talking about this since February, why I'm so high on RG3. In fact, I liked RG3 better than Andrew Luck coming out. And if you negate that, if you take away his legs, which, like I say, distinguish him from from everybody, and and he distinguishes himself from Mike Vick by having that arm, the accurate arm, and the acumen from day one that Mike Vick is still questioned on and so on. And by the way, he never turns the ball over RG3. He's not like Mike Vick, who's constantly dropping the ball. Yeah, I think think that's the way to play, with the caveat this. This is the asterisk I put next to it. 
just like 2012 was all offense and people more or less declared in the offseason, hey, this is the NFL now. There's no way to stop what's going on. It's all offense now. And if you look at it, obviously the defense is now, to some degree at least, swung back. The pendulum has swung back. They constantly are adjusting. So, yes, the NFL will figure out a way to slow down RG3 and they'll have to figure something else out. But in the short term, of course, this is a, this is the best system to deploy them in. And as much as I've badmouthed them, Rank has done it even more. But I think we both have to say that uh, Shanahanigans have worked out in 2012 so far. Yeah, absolutely. I never understood the whole philosophy of trying to fit the square peg into the round hole type of thing of like, oh, we're going to get this guy to fit our... Uh, we no, got to get him to stay in the pocket. Him, yeah. Then why'd you draft him? Yeah, I mean, you, you know what the guy's all about. You, you run the plays that suits him. Like, take more of a college approach because that's the way... The college guys do it. It's like, you know what? We got this guy who can do this. That's the way our offense runs. And that's the way the SNFL team should be. You know, if you have a guy that can roll out, move the pocket. You know what? If that's he, right. If he's mobile, move the pocket. If your offensive line's not good, like the Cowboys should be moving. Their offensive line's terrible. That pocket should be moving all the time. He should be mobile. They should look at doing stuff like that. Like, at least Tony Romo can get out of trouble, move around. They should work the offense around that. But instead, you get too many of these old-school coaches. They want to be like, you know what? We're going to have him stand in the pocket. We're going to have him be ineffective because that's not his game. No, no, no. Do what he does best, and your team, you see what happens with the Redskins, a team that it's not very talented, but now they're in all these games. They're close. They're playing a lot better. Saving them for tomorrow. They have a cautionary tale in their shadow named Steven Strasburg in the Washington Nationals. What? You're saving him for what? For what, For five years from now? Play him now. See what he, you know. Listen, if it if it doesn't work out, if it flames out, so be it. And I don't mean to be glib about young guys who are supreme athletes and, no, well, listen, burn them out, you know, burn, you know, grind them into the ground. I'm not saying Dusty Baker, these guys, but, of course, you can't just say, let's ignore his one of his prime skills and what can make our team a winner right now because we want to save him for four years from now is, is ridiculous. Foolish. So yes. So how was that then, Black Tie? Did you like how we responded to your little query there? Good stuff. Yeah. What did you call it? Your sport epiphany? My football epiphanies. Yeah. All right, but that you didn't have the epiphany. We just tried to fill in the blanks. You you had a you had a query. Well, yeah, more so, but it was just an epiphany in the sense of that. Is this is this the NFL moving forward? If you I have see. this sort of quarterback, because right? hmm. most teams are, you know, they don't want to do that to their playbook. They don't. Want, they their formations were extremely weird, like squares in the backfield. There was mm-hmm. some odd stuff going on. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the trick is of that is is this the way NFL teams would like to play? Yeah, I think they would if they weren't, you know, if they weren't consumed with fear about the investment they've made in a quarterback and. The other more important practical factor is there aren't very many RG3s. There, there, there are more Brandon Whedon types who, who, have a, who have a rifle attached to their shoulder who look like they're stuck in mud in the pocket. There are very few guys who can uncork it that way and then also run away from pressure. So, um, yes, I'm sure 32 teams would love to have Robert Griffin III. That's an interesting question. That's a question for another day. But how many guys, if you said, all right, you have the next five years with a QB – It'd be hard to argue against Robert Griffin the third. You know, I think I only three teams turned that down. A Rod, obviously, probably Andrew Luck because they did like two two months ago, and maybe mm-hmm. I mean, only those two teams, right? Would you get? Yeah, I mean, assuming you could get a, a sincere answer, hook him up to a lie detector. I don't think many teams would say, yeah, I, I, I'll choose to ride with Drew Brees for the next, you know, half a decade over this kid. 
It's an interesting question, but we'll get into that at a later date. That's it for us. I'm calling it. It's a week here in Studio 66 for the three of us. Right now, though, let's turn it over to our two pals, the aforementioned Hanzoos and Sessler, to do their debate club. Track down their written work at Around the League on NFL.com. Always good stuff there. They're going to be yapping about the uh, the Thursday night result there, Buccaneers and Vikings, and whatever else they desire in their next few minutes here. It's always enjoyable stuff. And uh, we'll be back for episode number 102 on the other side of week eight in the NFL. In the meantime, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. And take it away, debate club. Thank you, Dave. And welcome back to the Around the League Debate Club. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as always, by Mark Sessler. Mark, how are you? I am doing well today, Dan. Great, great. Friday morning, uh, we're taping this, and we have a Thursday night game to talk about. The Vikings went down at home to the Buccaneers, which was a little bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Well, I mean, we've seen home teams dominate Thursday night football for quite a stretch here. um, More surprising to me was just Minnesota's defense being handled the way it was. We just haven't seen that happen to to this degree this season. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting game. I mean, first of all, you know, I was ready to maybe write off the Buccaneers as an also-ran, and maybe maybe they still will be. Um, and Greg Schiano is one of the least likable people in the NFL right now, in my opinion, <laughs> to the point where I actually wrote on Twitter that I could see the um, Bucks locker room staging a um, Varsity Blues-style revolt against them, Week 16 maybe. Right. Where it's like, he's like... Demanding Doug Martin get shot up in the knee with some, you know, adrenaline or something. And then the team's like, oh, we're not going to go out there for you, Greg. And then he storms off. And then they tear down the Ciano statue that's already built, possibly. <laughs> um, but getting off tracks, I think um, the Bucks really they showed me something. Specifically, Josh Freeman, who, you know, terrible last year. And this season got off to a pretty shaky start. But then um, last week he threw for over 400 yards, made some plays. And then yesterday, I mean, he made some big-time throws. You know, I think it's like he, he mentioned after the show on NFL Network that he feels like the offense that they're in this season is finally coming together. Uh, they've got their group. They, you know, a lot of young players kind of coming up. Vincent Jackson helps. He's, he's absolutely coming and done what they hoped he would do in terms of big plays, in the, especially in the last two games. And they, they seem like a big play offense, you know, which is not something we've seen out of Tampa Bay in a while. Yeah, I was especially impressed by – Freeman's last drive there that put the game away, um, 16 plays. He made a, a, a ton of third-down plays, including a big pass downfield. I mean, those are some big-boy throws. And, you know, while he, he shined, you have to be a little bit nervous if you're a Vikings fan about Christian Ponder. I think so. I mean, you know, Ponder was really impressive coming out of the gate. Very efficient quarterback early on this season. Kind of two bad games in a row here. And this was a chance, I thought, for the Vikings to really establish themselves in the division. It, they got a tough schedule in the second half. It's not an easy schedule. They did exactly the opposite last night. I mean, that's, that's a game they had to win. And Ponder really, I mean, there were a couple chances for the Vikings after their offense kind of got going early to answer a couple scoring drives by Tampa Bay. They just, he failed to do that twice in a row with, I think, three and out drives right. to, to back to back. And you had that, that epic little sequence with Jared Allen where he gets into the skirmish, he gets the face cut up. It was like a movie scene. It was fantastic. You know, the crowd goes nuts. Yeah. They call timeout and the, the tension builds. And then he goes and he gets the sack. 
And <clears throat> at that point, the it was wide open for the Vikings to get back in the game. Ponder comes out with the offense, and they go three and out. It was like a killer momentum. Uh, they had everything going at that point. Yeah, so put that stadium right back to sleep. Yeah, put it right back to sleep. And actually, I even heard some boos, and I've, I've been in that stadium before. And that those are some friendly people. To hear them booing right. uh, really tells you a lot about the frustrations that the fan base is having with Ponder's play lately. And to hear them booing their quarterback on a team that most thought would be 2-14 and 14 potentially this season. You yeah. Know, but the worst team in football, maybe. Right. And they have been a nice surprise. They're still 5-3 and three in good shape. But it, I think this pumps the brakes a little bit on what we're expecting from the Vikings. I, you know, I don't know. I still don't see them as... I'll say it. I still see them as maybe an eight-win team. I don't, I'm not on board with them taking the sleeper act into the playoffs. No, I agree with you. I think that that you know they're they're going to bottom out a little bit in the second half. You know, another aspect of that game was the running back play. Adrian Peterson obviously has come back and had a great season. You know, people thought it would take him about this long even to kind of get up to speed. He's completely proved people wrong. But Doug Martin on Tampa Bay easily his breakout game. I think a lot of people learned who he was for the first time last night. Yeah. I remember, you know, you asked a question on Twitter. If you could start a franchise and you're going to start with a running back position, which one of these two guys would you pick? I had a tough time with that. I mean, for me, it's it's you've got this proven quality between Peterson, but how much time left does he have? We don't know. And then you've got Martin, but after last night, uh, and I don't want to knee-jerk off of one game, but Martin has the goods. I think he's definitely the kind of running back you could base an offense around. What, what are your th- How would you answer your own question? First of all, it was a great question by myself. Great question by Dan. Yeah. You know, I, I got a lot of feedback on Twitter, at Dan Hansis. And then you're, <laughs> what are you, you're at Mark Sessler. NFL. NFL, which earned you the Mr. Fancy Pants name yes, from Dave. Dubiously. Uh, Damashek. Sorry about that. But I think that uh, Doug Martin is probably the guy you want, considering he's, what, 22? Um, and he's obviously has the ability, and he's now shown that he's at this level, can can be a playmaker. Uh, Peterson, that's taking nothing away from Peterson, because I think he is a stud. And his ability to break away on that 50-yard touchdown run yesterday just shows that this guy's all the way back, which is pretty stunning. The next thing I want to talk about, biggest surprise of the season to this point. We're, we just started week eight. We're essentially almost halfway through the season. What stands out for you, Mark? For me, um, I'd have to go with the play of Cam Newton. You know, his stats aren't that different from last season. And I think statistically it's not such a jarring change if you just look at where he is on paper. But, you know, we picked, you know, Dan, we, we have a fantasy team together. We do. We uh, made Cam our Jenna number Fisher one pick. Jenna Fisher is the name of, the is the name of a, a, a head nod to our favorite actress ever <laughs> well in the office at in least. the office in prime time he's really been extremely average on that front but I've, i'm concerned more about just like the neck up with cam newton it's not it's, it's not something anyone else hasn't pointed out i just I, i'm wondering honestly will he even be the quarterback of this team two or three years from now there's going to be a regime change obviously soon i just wonder if he's really you know the guy they thought he was well, first things first, let's let's make sure, and I know you don't feel this way, and I, I definitely don't feel this way. I mean, this is not a Vince Young situation. Not at all. And it's not even close. It's kind of a ridiculous – it was a ridiculous notion that was floated. And, uh, you know, Warren Moon came out and said that he, he felt that it was potentially race-related, why the black quarterbacks would be compared, even if there's really not much to compare. And, uh, you know, I think that is certainly not the case. I think Newton has his issues in terms of maturity – 
And I, I think back to, I, th- I believe it was maybe week four, and they were hosting the Giants on a Thursday night, and it, it was supposed to be kind of like a coming-out primetime game for the Panthers. And we watched it in a, a really creaky bar that you chose with a lot of strange... Um, creaky. Yeah, creaky bar, a lot a of creaky. unsavory type people around. I, you chose the bar, which, you know, what was that about? But I just want to say, like, that game... i choose that bar again. Okay, I respect you. I respect you, man. <laughs> um Cam Newton, they're down, you know, 400 points. He scores a touchdown, and he does the Superman shirt, uh, jersey rip, and all that, that, all that business. And I remember watching the game, I'm like, what are you doing, man? And it, and I feel like it, things kind of snowballed for him for the, from that game. Yeah. So I, I agree. I mean, can he turn it around? I think I, obviously he has the talent to do it, but will he? I, I don't know if this year, this year now, you know, could be one of those kind of lost seasons. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to point out that it's he's also on a very bad team. He's on a bad football team. And yeah, he, the guy wants stink. to win. I think that what frustrates Cam Newton is that he, he really, really wants to go out there and be the difference maker. And he's maybe trying to do too much. But that's what we expected him to do. I, it's just been a, it, I wouldn't have ever expected him to be where he is today. And the fact is that he's never lost before in his entire career prior to the NFL. Right. And that's Bryce, our producer. He, I think um, you're right, Bryce. I think this is something he's also getting used to. I mean, yeah. he's, he's led a charmed... Uh, sports life to this point, and now he's learning how to lose. But a lot of guys, you know, that's almost being used as a crutch. There's a lot of guys that go through high school and college and never lose, and they come into the NFL and lose, and it doesn't mean they're draping a towel over their head or doing interviews with ridiculous sweaters right. with their eyes closed. You, right. know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean he gets a pass on that. Um, for me, for my biggest surprise, I'm going to go with uh, the Ravens' defense because this is one of the worst units in the AFC. I mean, it's close. I mean, they entered last week 26. Then they got lit up by Houston in a game that they got Terrell Suggs back. You know, Ed Reeds seems to be perpetually banged up at this point of his career. Um, Ray Lewis's history now. I'm really surprised that they're, you know, sometimes you assume certain franchises will always be next man up and they're going to figure it out and the scheme will carry the day. But it seems like they are what they are at this point, which is at home they're going to be scoring some points. On the road, their offense with uh, Joe Flacco, possibly Fluco, gets gets a little iffy. And the defense is not there to save the day. So are they not an AFC contender? Well, I mean, I think it's like, number one, this is a team that's had a dominant defense. I think that they've been in the top ten nine seasons in a row up until this year. That just doesn't last forever in the NFL. And you've got a lot of aging players. Everyone talks about the Steelers as an aging defense. You've got an aging defense in terms of your core players on the Ravens as well. And um, the offense has leaned on the defense for so long. They're definitely better this season than they've been in a long time. But we always see that offense have two or three games a year where it's like, did you practice this week? Right, right, right. Did you game plan? They looked like that against Houston. It was an all an all out meltdown. Like they spent the entire week at a, like an area crab shack. Yeah, and doing d- anything other than right. you know preparing for the fact that you got a team a game to play this weekend. It was it was a it was really rugged game for them, and it, I think it kind of changed the way a lot of people felt about Baltimore. I mean, do you still see Baltimore as a team that's? Um, I think we would have both said Super Bowl type contending team f- a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought they were definitely in the mix to kind of make the leap, but. I'm, I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, well, you know, these teams always surprise you, these good teams that have these veteran guys. But I, I'm, I'd am i be surprised if this defense does a 180. 
put it that way. And I'm going to also throw out as a big surprise the New Orleans Saints, the fact that they started 0-4. And, and I know they're turning it around a little bit, but, I mean, still I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, they had they, they had so much stuff off the field that I think kind of leaked into the the psyche of the team, you know. Well, I feel like people were of two minds. It was either they're going to completely upend the expectations and end up in the NFC Championship and potentially play at Super Bowl at home. All that talent, they got a couple games away last year, or do exactly what you just said, which is fall flat on their faces. Yeah. And that's what they did. And, and we'll I think say, they're kind of picking up the pieces Yeah, they'll now. be interesting to watch down the stretch, yeah. too. Um, all right, so let's let's uh, first let's throw a little uh, congratulations toward Dave Damashek and Adam Rank. 100 shows, 100 episodes 100 of the episodes. Dave Damashek I think this is number program. six for us, tacked on. Um, you know, we've, off, we've often speculated that – Dave doesn't listen, but Dave actually has given uh, some feedback in recent weeks in the office. And, you know, I surf the net, if you will. At? And, you know, I like to surf the net. At work, when you're supposed to be doing other sure. things. And uh, I'm not above Googling uh, ATL Debate Club in quotes, just to see what comes back. And I stumble upon... The Mustard Palace, which is a uh, fan forum dedicated to Dave Damashek and his career in sports journalism. Okay? <laughs> there is a thread. Hopefully not started by Dave or a, da- a member of <laughs> no, Dave's it's, family. No, it was started by so CN Norb 777 It's hard to make sense of the handle. But Rolls the, off the tongue. Yeah. Uh, the debate club tacked on to the end of Sheck's show is the title of the thread in this forum, fan forum. And uh, the question that is uh, posed is, do you listen to the segment? And there's even a voting platform right now and uh, asking if people listen to us. And it is right now, no, nine, yes, four. And let me just say a couple Wait, choice. yes, Could, four? Yeah, four people on, in this poll uh, continue to listen when it gets thrown to us. Delightful. And, and nine don't. So what do you think about that? Well, uh, you know... Argument could be made that nine people are using their time more wisely. Right. But I, hey, head nod to the four people that are sticking around for an extra ten minutes. Yeah, it's a shout out to the Mustard Palace because I think that's a awesome forum name. <laughs> okay, well let's. Uh, so shout out to the Mustard Palace, um, and shout out to Dave Damashek Football Program, Dave and Adam Rank. We're now episode one hundred and one, which is what we are tacked on to. And, uh, you know, we will be back next week with more football talk. Sounds good, Dan. See you then. All right. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry... But it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all new, all hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. 
It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 